The postseason is here, and the Ringer NBA show has you covered with Real Ones, Group Chat, The Answer, and Ringer NBA Postgame. Check out the Ringer NBA show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hi everyone, and welcome to Writer's House on Ringer FC. Hope you're all staying safe and well. I'm fresh off of doing the TV, and we are going to talk uh, France's win over Germany, uh, Portugal's late goals to be hungry, as well as a couple of other games. Uh, some stuff about outfit choices for TV, and a quick look ahead to England versus Scotland. And my guest today is Mr. Musa Akwanga. Moose, how's it going? Really good, Moose. It was um, it was it was, it was an interesting game. Because like I'm fresh off, but like um, it, it 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 I don't know what happened with Germany. I they started it. kind I of well, game. moves. I don't know what happened with them. Uh, One shot on target. Well, yeah, but I'm trying to put this in a way. Germany are rebuilding in a way the same way that they were that Tuchel rebuilt Chelsea. Mm. They're trying to reconfigure and put in a lot of parts. And they're also missing, I mean, to be honest, they're missing more than one elite oh right God. back slash right wing back. They sacrifice Kimmich to the flanks. Yeah, yeah. So what you have in the same, you have that problem of like Gundogan and Kroos. And we said this before, didn't we? The Gundogan Kroos midfield axis is a problem. Wow, massive. Because a midfield with high intensity can punch through it. F- yeah, p- finishes them. And also the problem is, the double problem is not just punches through it, but it puts Gundogan on the back foot and Gundogan is best. He gets foot. forward on the front foot. So Germany are playing with a handbrake on, mm-hmm. having Gundogan deep like that. And I think we saw that play out in this game. Moose, I couldn't understand. Um, and I don't know what's going on with um, Joachim Lowe. Mm. For him to think that Gundogan and Cruz could deal with that midfield, with that, that kind of Rabiot in that form. Because Rabiot, can I say, I said it to the guys today and Patrick loved it said it to um, Roy Keane and Patrick today, he's got a, he's got a Redondo vibe. Do you know Rabiot's what's funny? Got, I thought, I thought got a Redondo Rabiot's vibe. Like, I feel like he's like their Matweedy. You think so? I feel like, yeah, I feel like he's done I love Matweedy his body movement. Doing. It's his body shape and his body movement, the left oh, foot and the way he moves. He was great. He should have scored today though, I think. I think he I made think the he right should. choice. He made the you right choice. You think he made the right choice going for goal? Yeah, do you know why? There's a thing that happens with a lot of strikers and they cut across goal where they scream for the ball, but the run they've made doesn't actually lose the marker. And Griezmann had not actually lost the marker that well. Early, looked- no, Moose. No, I disagree. Simply because if you look at it early, 
when 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 Rabiot gets through on the edge of the box moves, his right, touches right. Are, his touches are not good enough for him to actually get the ball to Griezmann because he doesn't actually look up at all. Oh, Once he's broken in, you you have to watch it again, Moose, because I watched it so many times and I'm thinking it was so early in the game and it was mm. a good time to really let um, let Germany know, bam, that's what's going to happen. And it's not even one of our main guys. It's not a Benzema, it's not Griezmann, it's not, it's not Mbappe, it's Rabiot coming from the midfield and he's hurting you. Square it to Griezmann. Griezmann um, scores. Th- this game, we're talking about we we know that Spain beat them six, yeah, right. But I'm telling you, they scored that goal, and France get into the mood. That would have been a fucking embarrassment for them tonight. Because when you look at the goals that they didn't score, and the offside goals, and the chances that they should have scored, like that one there, Rabio, it could have eased. It could have been four nil at a canter today. I think they'll regret that as well. I think France will regret not putting Germany away, not just um, in relation to the fact that it would be better for their goal difference. But you need to like, because Germany did show signs of life later on. They should have, mm. it should have been a draw actually. It should have finished their chances. Mm. And I think that actually, the concern I have for France is, and they're brilliant. These are the games where you can actually like, you don't want to peak too early, but I think mm. they could have put Germany out of sight. Yeah. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like, but, but Germany missed a lot of big chances. Actually, and there was a weird, there's a weird thing that happened actually, Ian, where it was almost like, it sounds dramatic, France almost afraid of their own power. Like it was almost like France were playing the Germany from 2016. Mm-hmm. You know, the team that beat them in the World Cup with Hummels actually scoring the winner, ironically enough, I think in that game. Um, and it was almost like France were playing reputation and not playing the actual team in front of them. Yeah. Because it was I almost, think, does, that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, of course it does. Because like, it doesn't matter the personnel of a German side in a tournament. Right. Because for some reason, the German mentality, the German tournament mentality kicks in. Right. And even, even today where, yes, it, it, said it, it was one shot on target. I don't know. It could have been one shot on target, I think. I can't remember in the end. Um, but you, you, cannot, you cannot completely um, disregard what this team is capable of doing. The pedigree, yeah, the pedigree. Yes, yes. What they can do, what Nabry can do, what Sane can do if he's playing well, what Muller, you know, with his experience, what he can do. Werner could come on. And it's funny because, again, I had to have a, a chat with the guys behind the scenes about Werner. And they were being very negative and, and, and very like, yeah, but he's, he's missed chance. He's done this. And I said, hang on a second. Let's just, if we talk about Timo Werner, and talk about Timo Werner in his first season in the Premier League, new country, pandemic, um, no family. You know what I mean? Yes, he's missed a few chances, but his goals, his assists, what he does for the team in his first year in a new country, new club, in a pandemic, it's a successful season. People have stopped, you know, if, 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 I, was, if, if I was like Timo Werner, I would literally just, I'd block all, block, block the misses off because misses happen. You know, I saw him do a, um, a quote saying, yeah, I'm really working on being more clinical and that. Don't fucking do that. Don't tell people what you're doing. Yeah. You just go and do it because he will score goals because we've seen him do it. We've seen him able to do it and he'll go on that. He'll get on that run again. 
But when you look at what he's done and the negativity that's surrounding him to the point where he's now saying, yeah, I'm training to be more clinical. He's don't starting to listen. He's, he's yeah. starting to listen to the noise. Fuck the noise, man. Because that season, if I had one season like Timo Werner had and got what Timo Werner's got out of that one season, that would be me. That would be the season I'd live off of because he's got the Champions League out of, bo- out of it and he contributed. Would you start him then ahead of Gnabry, for example, or, or Havertz in the next game? I would have probably started, I would probably start him against Portugal mm. um, in front of Kai Havertz simply because they, they, you need that pace. You need to, to, to blast. Serge, I'd play Gnabry simply because I think that he can go on one of those Tottenham tears where he's scoring runs, score yeah, four goals, yeah, bam. Yeah. But like, I feel that Timo Werner, his natural game and how he plays Moose, he will just hurt you with the pace, the pace and where he wants to run. And, and, and you know, he, he gets chances, whether he takes them or not, is a different story, but he gets chances, Moose. Talking of pace and direct running, we have to about Kylian Mbappe. Oh, for Christ's sake. Now, this is interesting because I don't think they used Mbappe enough. And the reason I say this is because from very early on, it became clear that Mbappe has had the same energy. See Mbappe, when they played PSG, played Bayern, and he just mm. tore Bayern to pieces. Mm-hmm. He had that same energy from very early in the game. And look, it's not my place to criticise elite professional footballers. It was almost like he was right there and he was in the mood. Whenever Mbappe got the ball, mm. the mismatch was absolutely terrifying. With anyone, with anyone. You know to me, yeah, it was terrifying mismatch. Mm. You know, the thing as well, Moose, is that I read something the other day, Roscoe gave me a thing the other day um, about him, Poch, talking about how it was, it was fascinating because I've, I've never heard this kind of thing before about a player. He's so quick. He's so fast when he gets on it and he's moving into, he has to learn to slow himself down. He's learning, he's training to slow himself down. And it's really strange because I saw him do it today. Again, he got there so quickly, got into a place, then he was trying to do skills and it seemed like, whoa, 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 just take it easy. It's, it's almost as if he's not taking notice that people are petrified. Yes. He's in total control. And this again comes down to the age. He's 22. It's the same as him continuing to keep this, the, 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 the Giroud narrative and argument going because he's 22. There's a Someone danger. Yeah, something you know else what I mean? He just, he, he's learning. He's still learning. But this is Moose. the thing. This is actually the argument for going to a better league because if you are going to better league, then you don't have those things, those extra skills, the steppers you're doing, they get cut out of your game because they don't, yeah. they're not working. Mm. Uh, this is the thing. You look at Ronaldo. Ronaldo, by that, by that age, was more mature. But Ronaldo had gone from playing in Holland to playing in Spain to playing in Italy. Yes. And in Italy, there was no change at all. There was no mm. loose change at all in relation to defenders. And do you think it's because he's playing in France? I do think it's a little bit that because you see with Neymar as well, Neymar has become a bit less direct through playing in France, I think. A little bit less direct because Neymar first year went to Santos, came to Europe, had that mm. difficult year to adjust and then just exploded uh, as Messi's understudy in 2015. But then you see him go to France and you've got half a step longer on the ball. You just do. Mm. And that adds up over the course of a yeah. season. Yes. I remember, I remember that. That was the thing when I, I think I said it on Wrighty's house a while back um, when Chris Waddle um, 
told me about taking liberties because of the league you're playing in. Mm. He watched me when I was playing in the second division, um, when it was the old first division. I was playing in second division and he says, you need to, you need to take your chances quicker because when you get to a higher level, you're not going to get the time that you're taking the piss with now. Mm. So you need to, you need to, you need to start thinking of taking half chances and in training, take your shots quicker. Wow. It's great advice. It was unbelievable advice, Moose, because I never, ever forgot it. Um, because what happens is, is that you slip into a, oh, look how much time I've got. You don't get that time. And the higher you go in respects of the caliber of player and defender you're playing against, like when I told you guys about playing against Des Walker and Carnivaro and people like that, they're not even looking at what you're doing. They're looking at what your man on the ball's doing. Yes. They're not even worried about you. And those are the things that I had to learn and learn them quickly. Because what's happening with, with Kylian Mbappe is that, and what is brilliant in why it's happening with him now is that he's got a manager that is an elite manager that has given him something to work on that if he gets it right, it's over for everyone. It's done. Because even now, even see the offside goal, I mean, Mbappe is a great, you know, he's a funny one because obviously we criticise some aspects, but this reminded me so much of the PSG Bayern game because, you know, we criticised him for missing an early chance, but then he scores the hard one. Like the, the disallowed goal for offside that he scores against mm. Neuer. This is the thing. I've never seen Neuer look so consistently helpless as yes. he does against Mbappe. Yes. He looks consistently helpless. He just doesn't have an answer for him. And I want to what the combination that he had with, with Benzema because that understanding, mm. when yeah. that thing fully clicks, we saw it clicking in the friendlies against mm -hmm. Wales. Yeah. We saw it clicking for the offside goal. What I love about these two is the way that they combine, they get out of each other's way. Yeah. They dovetail so well. Mm. They know where they are. That goal that got disallowed, the, Gries the move that goes Pogba, yeah. Griezmann, Pogba, Griezmann. Mbappe, Benzema. Mbappe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, and Griezmann was outstanding. And, and you know tonight. what happened with that, that move? move? And this yeah. is the thing, Musa. This is why we could talk about France and how France can get better and will get better. But that game could have been 4-0 at Atlanta. Yes. Because even when the ball got to Pogba, who I thought was fucking awesome. He was extraordinary, in, in, wasn't he? But then there was a couple of instances where, again, the game comes so easy to him. He just, he, he just looks like he's just being too relaxed. And then he, he does a couple of sloppy passes and stuff like that. Whereas um, Zidane, you know, that kind Zidane of- was, Zidane was sloppy too. Yeah, but you know what? When you watch Zidane, when he got to that certain level, yeah, I, I Euro, didn't Euro see, 2000, I didn't, Euro 2000. Yeah, yeah, you know, he didn't, he didn't like, you know, if the balls had to be passed 10 yards, that fucking never didn't get there. Yeah. You know, you see Pogba, he done it twice in succession as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. there was the move for that goal and the way they broke. It's almost like they said, okay, you know what? We're going to do this off. You lot have it and come up and bring your fullbacks forward and get all Kimmich forward, get Guzans forward, do your stuff. But then, we're just going to break on you and then we're going to, we're just going to just, we're just going to blast you. Do you know what they remind me of? Mid-90s well, Juventus. Yes. They remind right. me of Deschamps Juventus. Mid-90s Juventus and they played the 4-3-1-2. Th right. And they would basically take the early goal, like Boxic normally got the early goal oh, after God. half an hour or whatever. And God, then they would just Boxic. sit, they'd <gasps> sit on you Juventus. And then if they wanted to break you. Just break. They were done. Yeah. And this is what, this is what happened. And in that instant, when you found Pogba, the ball came to him. And it's really strange because one thing that you can never question with him is his instant control, where, yeah. however the ball's coming to him. But in this instant, Moose, 
it, it took him it took him too long to control it. He got caught under his feet, didn't he? Because it got Griezmann spooked up the return pass. Yeah. 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 And then what happened was he's almost spread eagled a bit. So then he got the ball. Yeah. And by the time he got it to pass it, their runs, they just fractionally offside. They were just yes. offside. And you just think to yourself, that's the margins. That's the margins what saved Germany today. Yeah. You know, like Rabio, Rabio not squaring it to Griezmann on the edge of the box. Yeah. Griezmann was behind. Rabio in that instance to the point where if Rabio plays it then but his head's down he doesn't even look doesn't right, see right. it yeah he was just his head he was on goal even, he could have goal. even had a touch he had that much time for me but you look at even Mbappe Mbappe's Mbappe's chance as well the, the goal what he scored like you mentioned he made it look so easy and it was Manuel Neuer in goal but the defenders Again, Moose, to watch a game where you see people, uh, they're, they're visibly afraid. Yes. Because he got in the box, he was able to do a little jink, come back, and th they didn't challenge him to the point where he, he manoeuvred it onto his right foot and still had time to bend it into the goal against Manuel Neuer and made it look that simple. We're dealing with, it's like, it's like Godzilla. Godzilla's a hybrid. He's, he's not no mum, no dad. He's just born and he can have kids. He's, he's, <laughs> uh, he's on his own. He's on his own what he's doing, Moose, because... He's when an advanced it, he's, technology. See, yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah, exactly what it is. What, what, what I would say as well, he's frightening. And what I want to say about Pogba very quickly as well is there is a kind of bit of a narrative of like, oh, there's a Pogba for Manchester United and there's a Pogba for France. I just want to say this quickly. No one ever said that when Pogba was playing for Juventus. Mm. No one ever said, oh, he, yeah. there's a Pogba for Juventus because when Pogba was absolutely bossing the late stages of the Champions League for Juventus, mm. no one said, oh, he only turns it on for France. It's not, mm. it's because, you know, um, I was talking to a friend tonight. If you put Pogba in the Man City team or put Pogba in the Chelsea team alongside yeah. Kante, Killing then him. you'd see peak Pogba. But he hasn't been in that configuration at United. And tonight, you know, a couple of sloppy passes, absolutely. Mm. But fundamentally... Pogba again, was brutal. Like, Moose, yeah, yeah. Moose, again, like you say, you know, it's, it's, the Pogba, it's the Pogba haters that can't deal with the fact that with a player, there has to be a difference if you're playing with Perlo, Marquisio, Vidal, Matuidi, yes. France, you're playing with, you know, you're, you're playing with, again, you, Kante, Matuidi, Rabiot. There's a difference. And with all due respect to Fred and McTominay, that is downgrading a, a player. And this, what those guys give to Pogba is the freedom, not only that Pogba is not a natural leader, Pogba is a fucking entertainer. Mm. You know, because it's not very often you see Pogba get on the ball, Moose, and he just knocks it off. There's something with it, even the way he lays it off. Yes. The touch, then the, there's something. It's not just, it's, it's garnish. It's yes. garnish. There's green garnish. Yes, yes. On it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, Moose? Absolutely. No, and you so yeah, yeah. you think to yourself, you have to put him into, into a situation where he doesn't have to think about anything other than, find, than just garnishing. Garnish. Yes, absolutely. That's absolutely right. That's what Man United have to do. It's obvious. It's blatantly obvious. It's obvious. And it's so strange how they don't reward 
you know, the talents that he has, what he brings to it with, with the right configuration, with the right mm. players. I don't, I don't get it at all. I don't get it at all. It's very strange. But yeah, so Pogba, inspirational. Just want to shout one more time. Griezmann, outstanding. Mm. Was what almost his work rate I, as well. I think, I think the Griezmann, defensive work rate. Pogba pipped Griezmann for man of the match. It wasn't mm-hmm. that close for me. I thought Griezmann was outstanding. Yes. Varane was great. Yeah. Varane was great. In, we, we criticised Varane before for not being assertive um, in the absence of a senior defensive player. Mm-hmm. But I thought tonight he was really assertive. You know, he, he stepped up for Kimpembe a lot of the time, which was great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, shout out to him. I just generally mm. extremely solid. I do love Rabio. I really, he was really do. Yeah. Did, was was there a time where he was? Was he PSG? He went sideways a bit, Rabio, in his yeah, development because he went there for quite under a, under a lot of like hype and and and. It didn't. Yeah, didn't really. Didn't really kick on. He didn't kick on actually, Rabio. Um, and he's done that now. It was funny because if you see where he was a couple of years ago, if you'd said. Rabio will be the replacement for Matuidi. Easily could have said, I don't see it. I don't see him actually fulfilling that. But he's done it. He stepped up. And I think that he could mm. be, you know, these things where they say that he's not France's best player, but he could be one of the most important. Mm-hmm. I think he could be like that. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. I think when you look at Germany, they, they, they've just got too much offensively for them not to, to get out of the group. And I think that you, you need a certain amount of points to, to, to qualify in that third, you'd have to say that Portugal winning like they did, you know, we'll talk about them. Um, France just looked very comfortable. You have to say that Germany probably cut, gets out of that group. As I'm well. concerned for Germany, actually. I'm Are concerned you? for, yeah. Wow. Do you know what it is? Wow. I worry the firepower won't kick in. I worry that Portugal have seen that and they've seen gaps to exploit. I worry about um, Germany, actually. Mm. I think France are good, but I think Germany might stutter. They've got that kind of same energy about them that Argentina had in 2002 World Cup. Got off to that bad start, mm-hmm. attack never quite clicked and they went out. And I mm-hmm. think that could, I, I worry that might be the same thing for them. The, the chemistry that is obviously there and the team won't click in time. Wow. Casualty for one of the big ones, bro. Yeah. Casualty. Yeah, I think so. We'll see. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. You know what moves with Portugal? And when I was watching this game, it was really interesting to watch at the start because Diogo Jota had an opportunity. <laughs> Honestly, like, wow. There was, I, I, my head, you know, my, my, my mind and my football mind just started to go to a, a different place because I was thinking, how the hell do you not square that to Cristiano Ronaldo? That was, that was the audacity not to pass that, my goodness. Honestly, it's, Musa, my mind just went to different places. Is he, is he so confident in himself that he can say, I'm not going to pass it to arguably what, the, one of the greatest goal scorers that's ever lived. So as we can score this goal, settle ourselves down, and then I'll probably get a chance later on in the game. I could not, I could not for the life of me, understand why he doesn't square that. One word. Adrenaline. You think that's what it is? Yes, it was because again, I know it's funny because I, 
you were talking about the Rabio thing with this, I think like his head was so down. He was so focused on him being the scorer. I don't think it was a lie. I don't think it was a question of Ronaldo's score. I won't take it. I think it was simply a question of, I'm going to score this. I think it was his own energy. I think his blood was up and he went for it. I'll tell you what though, when Ronaldo goes in that dressing room, it'd be interesting to know if Ronaldo would have had a word with him about how this works and what you have to do at this stage of the game. Because look, what was it? 84 minutes? What, 84, 85 minutes? Uh, they scored what? very, yeah, they, the second goal, yeah, Ronaldo got the penalty very late. The second. Right. You know, yeah, Jota went off in the 81st minute and he probably would have felt a little bit like disappointed in everything what's happened because you're looking at a Portugal side that should be beating this hungry team mm. and the chances what they had should be beating them pretty comfortably. Jota's gone off on 81 minutes. I think the first goal was on 84 minutes. And then in the end, like I said, Cristiano Ronaldo scores two goals. When he goes in the dressing room, if I'm Cristiano Ronaldo, I think he's got the power and um, the respect to be able to say, let me tell you something, in tournament football, that might have been the only chance we got. You get a team like Hungary, they get on the vibe, you know, the crowd's behind them, and right. wait, it's just not quite happening for us. That chance has to go in, whether you in score Hungary it as well. in or Hungary. I score it. Yeah. And if you, un- if you do not score that, I've got every right to say to you, you have to pass that ball. You have and that, to need, that conversation that needs to happen because I'll tell you yeah. this, um, Ian, my one concern about Portugal, my one concern would be their attack was slightly slower, partly because Cristiano was in it. And I have to say this. Wow. I was really surprised, not only by their intensity, but by their speed and attack. They were fast. And actually I saw Ronaldo using the kind of footwork I haven't seen him use consistently in the last couple of years. Like the step overs, the moves, mm-hmm. the sprints, they were mm-hmm. all there. And I was like, this man's been saving himself. There is no question this man's been saving himself. Um, and what I was impressed as well, the midfield for Portugal, they've got Danilo there and Carvalho. Carvalho, wow, that looks... And that thing is solid because it, it allows Fernandes... very just, powerful. allows Fernandes to be chaotic. Yeah. Was he though, Fernandes? Not, not, not by comparison with his, mm. what he is for United, but in terms of how he... You know how in terms he roams... When I say chaotic, I really mean he roams anywhere. Mm-hmm. Those two, Danilo and Carvalho, they allow, they kind of have the defensive base for him to just have the freedom. Almost like Raquel may have the freedom for Villarreal, for example, or Veron at Lazio. It's a similar kind of setup. And they looked extremely compact. Extremely, and, and Guerrero at like left back is just yeah, he was unbelievable. He's he unbelievable. was fantastic. He's he was fantastic. But you know what? With, with that game, one of the things that hit me instantly, Moose, yeah. was the full stadium. Yeah. Right? The full stadium, and there's no way, because obviously they started the game and they were booing Ronaldo and you could see he was doing his stuff. It weren't working. The guys were around him. But I think that the crowd really, really helped Hungary tonight. I mm. think that if there's no, if there's no one in that, that stadium, Portugal probably at a canter. Because oh, yeah, all of a sudden, you know, you see, you see, you're seeing Ronaldo even smiling with the crowd. He's, he's got something to bounce off of. He's yes. got something to get him going and stuff. And the, and the Hungarians were very, they were up for it, man. They were, they were. They up were. For it. But then you looked at them, Moose, and when they got the ball, they just didn't, they, the outlet weren't right. They couldn't keep the ball. Like the, guys were, the, the big guy up front looked a bit pedestrian, you know, but you think to yourself, 
the crowd have given them stuff, but they just can't give them quite enough. And the they thing is, for Hungary, is enough. they're the kind of team where you feel like this, against that quality of opposition, it's got to be a 1 0. They've got that kind of like Greece type, 2000, Greece 2004 type energy where it's got to be a single goal and they just sit and defend. And I think if they'd got that goal, but disallowed one for offside. Yes. yes. I think that's a different story. I saw Ryan's tweet about, I fancy Hungary to nick this. And then they scored. Yes. And then, then it was disallowed. It was like a curse. It was like Hunception. He, he incepted <laughs> it. Hunception. He incepted it. It was Hunception. Hunception, but then it got, it got pulled back for offside. You know what I then, think? Yeah, you know, because we know, called. Ryan, you know what I would love to have seen? If you could just fly on the wall when, when he puts that tweet out and like 15, 20 seconds later, they score. Because you know he's got that, that reaction, what he'd have, he'd be like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can you imagine what he'd be like? <laughs> <laughs> like the but Truman like, Show, yeah. Yeah, but when you watch the game, and the way the chances were, 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 were transpiring and they weren't being taken and Cristiano was doing that stuff where it weren't quite mm. happening. You're thinking, oh my God, hungry with the crowd. It looks like it's going to happen. But there was a time in the game and, and, and it's the kind of game moves where it, it was happening because, you know, for me, you know, you're in a tournament and the, like I say, I look, maybe I look too deeply into the Jota chance why he didn't give it to Cristiano. Um, because you, you score that goal, it literally takes the wind. You're right. No, you're right. You're completely right. There's a mo- there are moments. Yeah. It's it, like the Murata goal against Sweden. Yes. In fact, there were very similar dynamics between mm. these two teams. Uh, Hungary took not as conservative a Sweden approach, but there was a similar, a similar vibe about it. And I felt like the same. I thought if Murata scores this goal, it lifts everyone and everything. He finishes that. He can start going on a scoring run. And... Really, I just felt it's like sliding doors, that movie Sliding Doors. The goal mm. goes in for Spain. Everyone relaxes. Spain yes. win two or three nil. They, go, off they go on to win. And then all of a sudden, Absolutely. because you look at the way Spain played, Moose. Look at the way Spain played. If they take them chances, people say, oh, Spain, I'm, I'm liking the look of Spain. Pedri, Pedri, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. You know, I heard you, I've heard you and Ryan go in on him. We, we saw it. We saw You see the we, vision. You see the vision. Yeah. 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 You saw it, you saw it, you saw what they're capable of doing. But what I said when we, we I burst into your chat um, yesterday, I burst into the room. Yeah, the locker room chat. Yeah, the locker the room ringer, chat, yeah. bro, which was, I, I felt like, oh my God, I've burst into this chat with my, every, with my, with my big chest. Good, and, you should. Yeah, you should. That's, that's the but, energy we want. But the thing, what I came in and said with Murata, when the chance, when the chance appeared, Moose, I didn't fancy him. Mm. Didn't fancy him. Instantly, from what I've seen, the way he operates and the way I saw him operate in England for Chelsea and the way he'd cry off. He, he kind of cried off. Oh, I don't like it. You know, everything is wrong. But like the problem I had with him and that chance is that he was not ready in his head. And we're talking about a tournament that Spain need to do well in. They need to do well in it because the longer you go where people like him are missing chances and they make chances they're not taking them, the more it's going to put pressure on the team, put pressure on the defence, knowing that, you know something, we're creating chances, we're not scoring, we're going to lose 1-0. If you start thinking that. Luis Enrique even said at the end of the game that he missed that chance and then it kind of, it hung over him a bit, that it weighed in his mind. And it's very unusual to hear that from a, from a, a, actually Tuchel's very honest about it. Tuchel's very honest about Werner 
and Werner's mind state, similar dynamics actually. Mm-hmm. Tuchel will talk about how Werner's feeling about missing chances. Mm-hmm. Um, and Luis Enrique does that as well. And I think that they both accepted that those are forwards who will miss chances, but will, yeah. will give them so much else. Yeah. The problem, the problem that uh, Spain have is that they don't necessarily have the same depth of attacking firepower, firepower that Chelsea have. So, you know, Werner can afford to miss chances because he's part of a configuration where there's other goals coming from all over the pitch. Spain don't have that. That's why I still worry about them. Mm. Just quickly on, on Ronaldo, and especially the, the last goal, his third goal. Mm. The third goal was, we're talking about a 36-year-old, bro. His sharpness and composure on the edge of the box to do the flick over, the one-two, go, cut inside, you know, go round the keeper and then put it in before the, the defender's foot gets, it was just... It's like it LeBron was, James. It's like yes, LeBron it's James. Vintage. Yeah, it's vintage. Yeah. It's like, there's no age. There's no age involved. It's just ability. The quickness you know, of, the quickness the of thought, the quickness of feet, the, the way he scored the goal. It was like, it could have been, if it was a 20-year-old, you'd think, oh my God, he looks so sharp. It's like when you watch um, these like late era strikers like uh, Luis Suarez and Burak Kielmas and over in France, and there's a certain style of old school finishing. There's one the, the player that always looked like an old man when he was finishing in that sense, because he was so mature as a finisher was Robbie Fowler. Remember mm-hmm. how Robbie Fowler from the moment you saw Robbie Fowler play from the age of eighteen, he looked fully formed. He, he looked, yeah. You know, there's there's certain there's certain strikers that love a walking around the goalkeeper. Now, this is the thing people don't often do, like going around the keeper is not a thing a lot of strikers necessarily do today or always did, but there's a certain bracket of striker that loved it. Like they no, loved no, the like R9, R9. Yeah, R9, Romario, R9 mm. was the classic, but Romario mm. as well loved going around the keeper. It was like Can his, I just say just, thing. Just quickly, on an experienced player taking a chance, like you see Goran Pandev. Oh Goran Pandev and the way... Um, Goran Pandev from North, North Macedonia took that chance. People, people will think that, oh yeah, but he's just, you know, they went through and then it broke to him and this and that. The way he took that touch and just slotted it in was a guy that scored a lot of goals. A clinic, a clinic. It was so calm. It was so assured that he was in total control. And, and saying that, it's like, we have to talk about Patrick Sheik's goal. Yeah. And I'm talking about total control because the thing is, Moose, he mentioned in an interview, I looked up a few times and it looked like the goalkeeper was, he just weren't in. You, you got the sweeper keeper. Mm. He, was, he was 20 yards on from a sweeper keeper because if you're sweeping as a keeper, you can be on that, just the 18 yard box D when the play, and then you can, you can gauge it from there. You can go a little bit further. He was like in the middle of the pitch, just... When, when that ball broke, when the Scottish player had the shot and it broke to him, Patrick Schick, you look where the goalkeeper was and this is why the goal has to be commended for the execution because yeah. it's a long way. He, he knows the goal is empty. The goalkeeper's not getting there and you have to hit the target, right? And yeah. his technique, Moose, he, he started that on purpose wide. He whipped it. Because yeah. for you to hit it from that far, straight like that, with the goalkeeper going back straight and you get it wrong, you're putting it into the trajectory where the goalkeeper is running back. So if you don't whip it round him, Moose, yes, yes. and you get it wrong, you're giving the goalkeeper an opportunity who's, straggling, who's, who's like struggling to get back 
the opportunity to to save it because you've tried to go too direct. Yes, the yes. mere fact that he's kind of hit it like a seven iron fade, whip up the top and then bam down. It's like a shot what Tiger Woods would do. Yeah, because it means then he has to like, he has to do two things. He has to watch the flight of the ball and the run. Whereas if it's going straight over his head, he can just watch over his shoulder and just tip it. He can go with the flight of it. The ability here I'm trying to explain to people is, it's not just, oh, it's an open goal. I have to hit this in. He's already calculated. I'm not going to try and drive it straight in like we saw Wayne Rooney do for Everton, I think against West Ham. He literally just, it came to him. Bam, he just drove it straight back. Fam, shoom, straight in. This one was, the yeah. ball was coming out. It's, remember, it's running away from him. It's not coming towards him, so he's got the control. It's running away from him, and he knows he has to hit that. So as he bends it over, way over to the, to the right, so it falls in the goal. So the goalkeeper, no matter how much he's running back um, in that straight line, he's not going to get it. Do you it. know what it reminds me of how I think about it? It reminds me of Johan Cruyff's goal. Do you know the one? one when Cruyff, Cruyff gets out on the left wing and it comes to him and he like takes the first touch and the keeper's off his line and Cruyff's mm-hmm. about 45, 40 yards out. Or like Perez against Southampton. Oh yeah. Perez against Southampton. Out on the left flank, similar to Cruyff. And he just whips yeah. it because he knows if I chip the keeper from here, he's off his line. If I chip him, I'll just run back and tip it over. If I mm. bend it, if I whip it when he's off his line, he's got to get back and across and he won't get back and across. And it was a similar thing to that. Brilliant technique. When, when I was younger, when I was younger and like, even now, you see it now. Remember when they, Pele in the 1970 World Cup? Yes, um, yes, Could have yes. been against Uruguay or something. And the Uruguay, goalkeeper, yeah. the goalkeeper hits one. And this is what I'm saying about instinctive striking and why Patrick Schick's goal is so good because he's calculated. I can't just hit this straight because if I get it wrong, the goalkeeper's in a situation, if he gets there, he'll be able to save it. I'm giving him a chance to save it. I remember Pele, the goalkeeper hit, miskicked one out to Pele it came out to Pele and he hit it instinctively on the volley. And it was one of the cleanest, sweetest strikes you'll ever see. But it was too close to the goalkeeper. Goalkeeper just caught it. Yeah. You know, it was one of those that it needed to a be hit fade. in a way where yeah. it bended or something happened where the goalkeeper wasn't exactly where he was and stayed where he was. So he hit it to Pele and Pele hit it straight back to him. You know what I mean? Instinctively. Whereas Patrick Schick, had, he, he took more... Put some hot there was sauce more on thought, it. There was more of, of a thought process that I'm going to whip this up way up to the right so it just falls into the goal. It was unbelievable technique. Oh, yeah. And, and, and everyone said, oh, that's a really good goal. It's unbelievable technique because even in training moves, you know, you get a situation where, oh my God, the goalkeeper's out. And then you're, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to just chip it. And you get it wrong because you're thinking about that sort of stuff. Yes. He went, he went cold. He went cold and done what needed to be done. <laughs> he went cold, Moose. It's something that Dennis Burkamp used to say, go cold. Burkamp said that? Burkamp used to say that in the box, go cold. Wow. You know, go cold to everything else, doesn't matter, just go cold. That and is just incredible. Do yeah, go cold. That's a brand in itself, go cold. Man, Dennis Burkamp merch. Go cold. That is incredible. The Iceman actually said that. Yeah. I got chills go even cold. hearing that. Because what happens is, is that when you go cold in the box, you're not thinking of anything other than just being so fucking precise. Just, you know, go cold. You know, don't, don't think of, oh my God, the goalkeeper's doing this. Oh, he's doing this. Just go cold and do the first thing. Just, bam. Go Dennis cold. said it, man. If Dennis said it, it's how it's got to be. That's amazing. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. 
I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Ian, I've got something I've got to raise with you now. About What's the that, break. my brother? Someone, someone went on TV and released <laughs> The Midsummer Night Strip. <laughs> Stadio was getting tweets. I'm taking it. I'm taking it out of the group, bro. Listen, I'm going worldwide now. The Midsummer Night Strip. <laughs> that outfit you dropped. People were speaking in tongues. Jeanette was going. <laughs> Jeanette was like, he's a crazy. He's Ghanaian. He's Carlaka lost it. They lost it. Can you they talk us through the outfit do. choice? What 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 was this? What was the get up and what was what was the philosophy? The get up was um was traditional Ghana drip. It was a traditional up and down Ghana, um, a very smart one, you know. Um, and there's always a thought process behind it because ever since I was younger, you always saw these suits. It was an African 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 people in and around the area wore these suits. Mm. What I was wearing. Yeah, I've always liked them. And like, I've got to a stage now where I want to make sure that at some stage I, I'll wear that and I'm not wearing it for anything other than it looks good. Yeah. And it makes young black African kids, West Indian kids, and be proud of your heritage and what you are capable of wearing from the culture. Simple. It's as simple as that because it looks, it looks smart. It looks good. It looks cool. And, and it normalizes, it normalizes it normali that kind It should of be yeah, normalized. Yeah, yeah, of course. When have you ever seen anybody on, I don't know, prime time, any kind of prime time TV show that are wearing that kind of garb? You don't see them wearing that kind of garment. It's not regular. Yeah, you might see no, maybe like drop no. now and again, but you don't generally see it. You don't really see many of them Yeah, going but we're talking in. about on, for, for, for a certain period of time as well, long enough. For them to say that is on there for you to see it. So Absolutely. you come back yeah. to the studio, it's still there. It's not like, oh my God, did you see did you see what he was wearing? Yeah, I'm sure he was wearing it. I'm on there for them to see because I've chosen to wear that. 
regardless of what people might think of whatever, because it doesn't matter what they think because it's smart and it looks good. And so, you know, the, the, the comments, I'm always proud of the comments because it makes me feel good to, to people know that you're out there representing the culture as well. Culture's got, the culture's got a place on primetime TV, bro. Yeah, well, we, we've been asked, listen, we've been asked as a result of your outfit, your outing to, mm-hmm. to do a breakdown of the vast spiritual energies that you were channeling. <laughs> you know, the ancestors that you were channeling in relation to that. So yeah, we'll have to probably refer to that at some point. But yeah, no, we absolutely loved it, man. And it, it got me inspired because there's actually a, there's a Ugandan shirt that I've never worn. Mm-hmm. Well, not one in several years. I need to get a new one made. Is it actually. coming out? Listen, I don't have one at the moment. I might get one commissioned, actually. I might go and commit. It's time mm-hmm. to bring out. Yeah. And that's what I love about it as well, Moose. You know, it's not this kind of thing where you just phone the guys up and say, um, I'm coming in and you look around, you commission it. Yes, a commission. You get exactly. It made. It's just done. Exactly. You get it made. I love that. I love that so much. And then you know what? It's the comments. The chairman. Because when I went there, I was saying to them, the chairman has arrived. The chairman <laughs> is here. <laughs> you know but like the thing is like I say like because I went there and any Luca was there and he said no stop everything stop now where's my phone she had to take a picture for her mum exactly Acrasius yes. here she had to take a picture for Chairman her. Acrasius you know, here my, that's what my that's what it was my name's been changed apparently my name is Acrasius exactly yeah my name is Acrasius <laughs> <laughs> but obviously it's one of the things Again, Moose, um, that I'm just proud of because it, it gives, it gives a, a culture a, a lift to yeah. see. Because when you're younger as well, as a, as a, as a young black uh, person watching TV, it's, it's very difficult to, to, to see representation, visual of what you've grown up with, what you know. When, if you yeah. can see it on there and it's, it's, it's normalized. It's normalized. Absolutely. It's normal to be, see yeah. that. And the more we can do that, I'd, I'd implore people to try and do that more. The, the, the more you're going to give confidence to people coming through. That's oh, what it great. comes down to, really. Great stuff. So, absolutely awesome. Great, glad to see the drip is in great fettle. Any ideas on your outfit choices for the England-Scotland game? Do, I'm, I'm go, do you know what? I'm going you hard. You, you can't tell us, though. You can't tell us. You know what? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to tell everybody, but it's just, it's, it's colour. All I can give people yep. is cut. It's, it's, I'm going with a, with a color. It's just beautiful. Good times. Show us the levels. Show us the levels. <laughs> <laughs> How are you feeling? Because about- it's funny because when I was younger, <laughs> it's like I tried to explain to people um, wh- why clothes, clothes mean so much to me. I remember my uncle Charlie used to come to our house every Sunday to have dinner. And um, he, he only, I only ever saw him in three piece suits. He had the chain, wow. he had the hat, he had a whole top row of teeth that were gold. Um, you know, and when he came in and took his hat off, it was sat on the cabinet, the top of the cabinet. And it was like pride of place. The hat was so special with the feather and everything. And my old being was one that I want to, I want to dress like my uncle Charlie. I want to dress like my Uncle Charlie. When he wore clothes, he looked sensational. He looked immaculate. He looked, he looked sharp. And it's something that um, I love. I love that. I love the fact that when you look back in the day, in the 60s and before, people wore shirt and ties just 
routine. And it's returned. To, yeah, because South, the Gareth Southgate thing as well is interesting in terms of the smartness. Mm-hmm. But actually, on, before I forget, before I forget on the Southgate, so I want to get onto the England thing mm-hmm. very quickly. How are you feeling about England, Scotland? Um, I'm, fe- I'm feeling confident because we should be. Yeah, uh, yeah. At yeah. the end of the day, we, we, we're a better team in Scotland. And, you know, they, they probably, they come for me for that. But at the same time, you only have to say what you see. Um, offensively, um, what we're capable of doing, if we can be a bit more ruthless, the way we started against Croatia the other day was fantastic. If we could do the same against Scotland and breach them, it, you know, it's, uh, it's what I want us to do. But like I said tonight on the show, you know, you start Billy Gilmore where you were playing Scott McTominay, push Scott McTominay further up and let him, try and break things up up front, pressing and maybe doing his box-to-box stuff, fine. But he can't take care of the ball like someone like Billy Gilmore can. Yeah. Uh, put Che Adams on, put a bit of pace on there and, and, and have a go. Play through. Because like, for me, what England have in respects of pace and midfield, Scotland are going to have to come with everything they've got offensively yeah. Yeah. and defensively. And I don't think that they'll be able to sustain you know, Kieran Tierney might be playing, Robertson might be playing, but then again, you put, if, if, even if he plays, if he plays a four again, or, you know, with um, Lyndon Dykes, you have to say that the caliber of player that Lyndon Dykes is, you know, playing at QPR, you know, we could see that, you know, given the, given the opportunity, if the balls are fired into the box, he'll be able to compete and do his stuff. But you'll have to, you like to think that Tyron Mings can deal with that. And then if we're talking about Kieran Tierney and a Robertson, then a Carl Walker or a Reese James, you have to say they can deal with that as well. And then if we are breaking them down from the left and we're, 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 we're going we're gonna to then attack them down that side, you know, we're going to Foden, you know, Sterling, Rashford, you know, we've got a lot of pieces, you know what I mean, to hurt them with. They do. The challenge for me is the challenge and the one challenge I think is this, and that's always going to be the challenge, is not to get caught up in the rivalry. It's to play yes. this, and it sounds like a yes. sounds like a sounds like a dramatic. It's like it sounds ridiculous. It's like saying, "Oh, there's a North London derby. Just pretend mm. it's not Spurs." But they kind yeah. of have to not get into that. They have to yeah. almost be like, "Do you know how when Germany played us in the World Cup in 2010, mm. Mm. and they weren't bringing that whole, oh, it's England?" They were like, "This is a World Cup knockout game." Yes, and they we weren't bringing that whole yeah. energy of. I'd love us to bring that energy. We please. need You're to bring absolutely that. Absolutely right. That energy. We don't business about the um the brave heart business. No, we're here to you play know. football. Yeah. Yes, you're wearing that kit. Yes, you're wearing that badge. Yes, you're a kind of historical rival, but actually- I love that, Moose. I'm probably going to take that as my narrative. Yeah, we just couldn't care. We, we, we respect you as a football team, but we're not going to get into that heritage. We're here to win this game and go through to the next round. And that yeah, has to be I, the I think I'm doing it with Graham Souness as well. I'm going to try and say it in that way, Moose, where I say we have to take it as another team that's stopping us from getting to where we want to go. Right. Yes, it's Scotland. But at the same time, you know, we've, we've just got over the hurdle of Croatia. And if I'm going to be totally honest with Croatia, they were a little bit toothless up front for me. We know that they had Modric. We know that they Kovacic and, 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 Redic and Rebic and everybody, but they were a little bit toothless. And we started well. We kind of slipped back into it. Oh, my God, are they going to start turning on their stuff and do what they've done to us in 2018? They didn't. Not they the didn't same do team. it. Not the same we team, ended, yeah. Yeah, we ended up beating them. And I just want us to start this game in the same manner, but even more ruthless. 
Yeah. Do not give them any time to breathe. Nothing. Don't give them anything. And this is why I believe he has to play Billy Gilmore. He doesn't mind the pressure. We saw his, his, um, his debut for, for Chelsea against, Man- against Liverpool in the cup when he was literally running it and nutmegging Fabinho and playing a game like you think to yourself, my God, who is this guy? Yes, he needs to play. McTominay needs to play and he needs to play a lot better than he did the other day. And he used to have that kind of performance where he's breaking up into that, into that um, area of the field, the last third, and causing problems. McGinn has to play a lot better. The forwards, if he plays two or if he plays one, if he's going to play Che Adams or if he's going to play Lyndon Dykes, they've got to have the best game they've had. They have to have their best game. Right. And what I like about England, um, you're right about Scotland having to play up, but I think England have that same thing that maybe France, to an extent, had a bit more. I felt that France, maybe today at some stage, were almost playing the Germany of a few years ago, mm-hmm. as opposed to Germany now, maybe mm-hmm. slightly too, not differential, but slightly too tentative. Mm. And I felt like England against Croatia, and the England were very, I think they were very good against Croatia for the most part. To an extent, they were almost playing the Croatia of 2018. Yeah, but it must and be I think difficult a, for them. I get it, it I get it. To get that out of your head. Absolutely, this, but, and not, not even yeah. criticising. There's a trick. Mm-hmm. The trick to playing these games is to have not disrespect for your opponent, but a disregard for yeah. the historical context. They can have that disregard, not disrespect, but disregard. Like how, like how Calvin Phillips played against Modric and those guys. With Brozovic, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, Brozovic now, like Rodri sleeping with the light on again. Another one, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I've got respect for you, but I'm totally disrespecting you. Absolutely. You know yeah, what I mean? That's the key. That's that the key. is how we've got, a, that's how you play. That's how you play them. Okay. So Moose, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave you now, bro. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to ask you to, I'm going to politely ask you to leave. No worries, man. It's late. So I, I love no you. From you want to call your cab or you called? You got a taxi? I'm good. Yeah, at, no, I, walk, I walk it. Need to clear the head. You're going to walk it? Yeah, walk it. It's like disregard all distances. I walk back to Berlin. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just quickly, Moose, Loki, have you seen it yet? I, oh, I did a full breakdown. I, love I did it, a full man. breakdown on the Ringer Verse podcast. Shout out to Mallory Rubin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then got followed a day later by the guy that writes it. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Can I just say some, can I just say anybody who's not seen it, please watch Loki. It's, it's fucking awesome. He's I love it. awesome. I love, I love it. it. I love it. And, and, and I love Owen Wilson. But like Perfect casting, yeah. In respect of Loki, watch it. It's a joke. Moose, God bless you. God bless. Great to see you, Chairman. And you Chairman Aquasi. Chairman Aquasi. Oh, Chairman Aquasi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks very much again to my dear friend Musa Kwanga. We'll be back after the England Scotland game. I have to say, come on, England, um, and we'll speak then. Take it easy, everybody. Stay safe.